Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have an outstanding episode for today with our amazing and wonderful guest, vegan chef and wellness expert, Leslie Durso. Today is part two of my conversation with Leslie. Part one is available on episode 385. On part two of our conversation, Leslie and I get off topic a lot, which is, I think, probably why we were to chat for so long. A substantial part of today's episode, Leslie and I are chatting about music and her favorite inspirations. And her and I clicked because of our fondness for the Beatles. And Leslie shares with us her thoughts on the Fab Four and then gives them an amazing story of an experience she had with another famous musician at the end of the episode. Leslie and I also chat about the books that she has enjoyed over the last year. And finally, Leslie reflects on her time at college in Colorado and how she wasn't a fan of the traditional linear approach of going to school and finding a career that most people seem to adopt. She placed importance on uncertainty and that decision has positively influenced who she is today. Leslie's an incredibly busy woman and I was honored to, to be able to chat with her for so long. I think if we didn't have time restrictions, we might have went on for, for hours upon hours just because she has such a great personality and, and knows a little bit about everything. And I think that's due to her appreciation of culture. And food is, is obviously an essential part of culture and, and learning from others. And with her love of travel and her love of learning new recipes from others, I think it just opened her up to a handsome amount of experiences. And with that, she's developed a lot of compassion for others. She's genuinely curious. She's genuinely interested in learning from other people. And that curiosity has helped her flourish in many ways over the last difficult year. She's someone who I admire and blown away to have her as a guest on the show. So excited to bring her back for part two. This one's a little less about food and more about the things in life that makes her happy. But I think you'll enjoy the conversation nonetheless. So let's go ahead and welcome back vegan chef and wellness expert Leslie Durso. And let's learn. You know, a lot of the markets in Southeast Asia, uh, the, the wet markets, because they're killing the, the livestock there and they're selling it right next to the vegetables and fruits. You have to have a serious stomach, especially as a vegan going to the markets in Southeast Asia, um, which I've been to many, 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 many times. Uh, but yeah, when you uh, when there's a river of blood running under your shoes, it's an interesting experience, and you rethink where your food is coming from quite quickly. <laughs> Those markets, I mean, as terrible as they are because it's so crazy, it also um, it's also good. It's good to see where your yeah. food is coming from. Yeah, um, you know, it was uh, Paul McCartney who has the famous quote that if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everybody would be vegetarian. Because there's so many people that want to consume without taking responsibility. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it's always interesting. And it's funny because the meat eaters will be the one that I'm traveling with will be the first ones to be like, we got to get out of here. I can't <laughs> be around here. And I'm like, yeah. well, no, you should look at it. <laughs> A little bit of denial, denial there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anytime we could bring up my man, my saint, my hero, Paul McCartney, is a great, great day with me. So thank you for bringing oh, up my guy, Paul. He's incredible. <laughs> he's an incredible man. That was the last big concert I went to before everything got shut down. I when, saw him at where Dodger was that? Stadium. And where? Dodger Stadium. Last year, or yeah. about last year. You're, well, 2019. 
15 or 20 at the beginning. Honestly, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was before, right before the pandemic. Yeah, and I'm incredibly jealous of you because I went to that same tour you know, a month before he was here in Phoenix and it was great. But at your show, I'm so jealous at your show, he brought out Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Incredible. Great guy. Great guy. Both, both vegans. Favorite Beatles song. Top, top three, because I know you can't pick one. Okay. Well, no, top one, Blackbird. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, that song just like hits me. Okay. Um, but there's, I mean, there's so many. The Beatles anthology, it will, be, it will never be matched mm-hmm. ever in the history of our, of our lives. It will never be matched. That anthology is just unbelievable. I'm just pausing and reflecting because I listen to Beatles more than I'd listen to any other artist. So they're so important to me. Okay, so what's your favorite Beatles song? Favorite Beatles song? Well, it changes by the day because interesting enough, it used to be yesterday, but the tour that I last saw Paul on, he didn't perform yesterday. So I got a little bummed out as I was leading up to the concert, knowing that he wasn't going to perform it because he does the same set list. Yeah. So then Let It Be became my favorite song. But if I had to pick, it's, it's probably Let It Be or All My Loving. All My Loving just makes me happy. You can't be upset when you listen to that song. Um, it's so good. There's a live performance of All My Loving that I'm going to send you. Minute 30 in, a 50-year-old man is, is listening, and he's in tears because it was his wife's favorite song. And it, when you see this video, you'll see, like, there's an 8-year-old singing, there's a 60-year-old singing, and it's just, like, the happiest thing. It's like, no other musician has done this. Wow. And, you know, they wrote one of my favorite songs, and I will, I will actually say it's not my favorite performance of the song but it's my it's one of my favorite written songs is while my guitar gently weeps. oh that was that was my that's my top five yeah oh yeah it's so good we're you know we're we're musical soulmates i um, have another song for you that's a, a single that george did and it wasn't released on the initial album on all things must pass in early 70s but they re-released it like 20 years later and it's called i live for you and it's a slow ballad it is fantastic. And I hope you've never heard it because I hope this is a new experience for you and I will send it to you. And I hope it becomes your most played song of the year. <laughs> I haven't and I'm just so excited right now. You have no it's idea. It's like on the level of, I swear to you, it's on the level of let it be. I swear to you, it is that good. My eyeballs are popping out of my head. I cannot wait. You have to play this song at the end of the podcast so you can, Twist my you arm. can experience <laughs> this with everyone. Twist my arm. Easy. Beatles gets me, gets me a little emotional when it comes to Beatles. I don't know what it is. But I have to say, one of my favorite mo- television moments. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. And it's such an incredible moment. It's, a, it's one of the best videos I've ever seen in it. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, when James Corden took Paul McCartney back. No, you're shaking your head. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying I'm agreeing. It was when he, oh when he says when they sing "Let oh. It Be" and he goes, "I wish I could tell my father." And Paul looks over. He goes, "He knows." And it's like, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but it was so special revisiting a place with him and seeing his eyes light up and seeing what just his presence does to the people in that city. Still, is it was so cool. It was so cool. It was so cool. Paul McCartney is one of the most universally loved people there are. Nobody says a bad word about Paul McCartney. And you worked with another person who I put on that same level, someone who was universally loved, universally adored, Bill Nye, the science guy. What was it like being on that show? Oh, I love Bill. He's so great. Mm-hmm. He really is just, he is exactly who he is in real life too, um, as, as on TV. He's just so loving. He's so caring. He cares about the education of the world so, so, so much. 
And I would literally not be here today if it wasn't for how he affected my life when, uh, while we worked together. And uh, he probably has no idea how much he affected my life. I have to, I should really actually tell him at some point. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's incredible. I mean, when our show was ending, I, so I had been an actor before mm -hmm. and then I hosted the show with him. And as our show was ending, I was trying to figure out what to do next with my life. And just looking at what he did for science and his ability to break down very complicated things and make them very simple and make everybody, um, understand in a way that was not condescending at all. Bill is no joke one of the smartest human beings on the face mm -hmm. of the planet, but he never made you feel that way. He always just made you feel like the goofy friend teacher that was just trying to teach you something and was saying it in a way that you were going to get it and understand it. And I was like, man, if I could do that for food and how passionate I am about food and nutrition and getting people to kind of wake up to taking responsibilities for their bodies, that would be a life well spent. And so the, literally the night that show ended, I was online trying to figure out how to become a chef, how to become a doctor, how to become all the things. And I was trying to figure out which avenue uh, of health I would go down. And I ended up going through, through food and becoming a chef. Fantastic. Fantastic. Another show that you're doing now, you have your own YouTube channel. So what can viewers of your show expect and how often do you post videos? Not as often as I should. <laughs> That's the correct answer. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I do have a YouTube channel, though I have to say I, it, does, it, it, it does not get the attention that it should as often as it should, so it's kind of sporadic when I post. What I do do, though, is post on Instagram way more. So I try and direct people there. If they're looking for recipe content, I post recipe almost every single week, and there's always just interesting content, whether it's me traveling somewhere, me at a restaurant, like kind of featuring the things that we're doing um, or providing recipe content. It's always a good time. And then are you on Clubhouse? I'm now obsessed with Clubhouse. I'm not yet ready to dip my toe into that. I, my plate's full, so I'm not ready, but. I thought my plate was full and I honestly, I downloaded it um, at the end of December, I think, and I, was on it for 10 minutes. I said, what the heck is this? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And cut to like a couple weeks later, a friend of mine was giving a talk in Clubhouse. And I was like, oh, I'll pop on and support her and listen to me now being completely addicted to it. I've met so many interesting people from all over the world doing so many interesting things that I never would have A, known of or B, been able to get in contact with. And it's just been such an interesting platform because not only do, I mean, I go on and I talk about the things that I talk about. I talk about food, I talk about health, I talk about nutrition, I talk about recipes, I talk about female entrepreneurship and supporting one another in business. And then as a nerd, I get to go in and listen and eavesdrop on these conversations of all these people that I find fascinating because I am, I'm a science nerd. I'm a, I'm a junkie when it comes to astronomy and, um, you know, intake of, of, of physics and things like that. And so all these interesting people are on Clubhouse having these conversations about, you know, Mars. I listened to a three-hour conversation about Mars the other day, <laughs> uh, which it turned out ended with 
the Great Space Food Challenge. There is a competition to try and get more uh, lighter, nutrient-dense food to astronauts um, in space that's more interesting than what they're given now. Uh, and it led me talking to a lot of the people over at that program and figuring out how we could work together. Uh, so it just never would have known that that was happening, never never would have rotated into my world. So I think it's really cool. I, th I say that it's kind of like being at 500 different um, kind of summits okay. at the same time. And you know how when you're at a summit, there's all these breakout rooms and they're all happening at the same time. And it's like, oh, I can't get to all of them at the same time. That's how Clubhouse is. There's always so many interesting things happening. And it's like popping your head in and saying like, okay, what are you talking about? Okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, you know, going back and forth and just absorbing all this knowledge. Because, um, you know, Bill said it, we were talking about it earlier, everyone knows something that you don't. Mm -hmm. And I am fascinated by that. I'm such a curious person and lead through curiosity. So it's just, it's so cool and fun for me to be able to listen to all these people and have access to all these cool, fun, interesting people. Uh, I, you're just as passionate about learning as you are about food. You briefly talked about books earlier, and I've been sitting on this question for a while. Favorite book of the last year or number one book recommendation of the last year? Oh, or top, Not necessarily one, but top couple. You know, that's a hard question. Um, man, what is the name of the book that I'm reading right now? You know, what's funny is that I've just been reading it and I haven't. It right, happens a lot, pause by the, the way. Inter pause the interview for a second. Pause the interview. I got to tell you <laughs> the name of this book is. It's a really good one. All right. You asked for it. All right. Here I come. I decided to not just bring you the one book. I decided to bring all, this is real, real life. I decided to bring you all four of the books that are on my nightstand. So I could tell and you, you know what the best part about this is I don't know any of them, but I love the top one's title. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you never read Julie Child's My Life in France? I have not. Oh, this is such a beautiful book. Okay. It's so sweet. I mean, the love affair that she had with her husband and their, Oh, I just love their love stories so much. It's such a sweet book. And I always pick it up again when I'm feeling, you know, a little down or something and remind myself that this, this is here. This is possible. Um, next book that I have is Healthy at Last, okay. uh, which was put together by Eric Adams, who is the Brooklyn Borough Mayor. Um, he is running for New York City Mayor right now. He's a fantastic guy. But most interestingly, I, I came into his world and circled into his world because he was very, very, very sick. He had diabetes. He had um, all sorts of ailments that were happening. He actually lost his eyesight from the diabetes. Going plant-based completely reversed it. Wow. And so he wrote this book about his um, health and his, kind of his whole process and how he went through it. Um, and then there are... A bunch of recipes in here as well, including one from me. And so I contributed to it. Love it. Um, so that's a great book. I highly recommend reading that if you want to learn about, you know, eating for your health. And then this is another book that another friend of mine wrote that is a very, very good too. It's called Grilled. It was written by Leah Garces, who is the president of Mercy for Animals. But it's a fascinating book about what she's done to revolutionize the chicken industry 
and change the way that farmers are working with chickens. And now she has this really cool program through Mercy for Animals where people that don't want to be chicken farmers anymore, they can actually help them and convert their farms to farming other high profit um, uh, things like they do, um, they do hemp farms, they do mushroom farms, anything that's gonna be really good to use for those giant barns that they have for the chickens, they convert those to grow houses. So a really, really fascinating book about her relationship with the chicken farmers. And um, it's called Grilled, and it, the underscore of it is turning adversaries into allies to change the chicken industry. And I love that, that, that phrase, turning adversaries into allies because that's what we should all be doing. But this is the book that I was going to tell you about that I'm reading right now that I forgot the name of. I know that one, but I have not read that one. Oh, you haven't. It's A, a Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. But like I said, I just started reading it and I kind of forgot the name of the book because, you know, when you have the book open, I forget yeah. the name. So have there you go. Those are, that's what I'm reading right now. <laughs> What are some of your favorite books to read to get in the mood for a trip somewhere? Do you ever do that? Do you ever like know that you're going to a country and will read a book about that country? All the time. In fact, one thing that I do is every month I pick a, a random country that I want to listen to the music, watch movies from, and read books from that country. So I'll pick one and, and I'll go to the library and I'll pick up Egyptian authors. I'll watch Egyptian movies. I love doing all this stuff and getting immersed into it. That way when you're there, because the greatest thing about going to New York City is when you're in New York City for the first time, is you feel you've been there before because you recognize all the buildings. So if you can do that through books and whatnot as well, it's just exciting. Honestly, all the Harry Potter ones made me get that London feel to it. I'd have to go down my list of other ones looking over on mine. I do the same. Nothing else is popping up to the top of my list as far as that, but yeah, I, I definitely do that. You mentioned earlier you were going to college in, in Colorado. You probably had that mindset of the traditional mindset, that linear mindset of high school, college, career. But then that's the mindset everybody around that, me had. Yeah, it's the one that we're kind of taught from a young age, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And you didn't end up going that route. What was it about that time that you had the confidence to not follow the traditional path? And what did you learn from the uncertainty that came with it? That uncertainty is beautiful when you embrace it. Uh, yeah, that was that's what everybody around me wanted me to do. And so as a second child, I was a people pleaser. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to school because that's what my parents want me to do. But I didn't, I knew I wanted to have great adventures in life. And I knew that I wanted to be independent. And I knew that I wanted to, to work and work hard, but to experience extraordinary things. And um, I just went away to college. And when I came home, was like, no, I'm done. I, I would rather work. I started working and I didn't want to miss one second of extraordinary adventure in this life. And that was sort of the hardest thing about um, the world shutting down when the pandemic started was that I have never stopped. I've never physically stopped, but I've also never mentally stopped in my life. And so it was really interesting because obviously what I did came to a screeching halt. Um, I was not able to travel to any of my restaurants. I wasn't able to do any of the things that I normally do. But it really made me refocus completely. And I truly understand now when people say, be where your feet are. And to really appreciate the moment that you're in. I always thought I did. 
But in the back of my mind, you know, I'm really good at multitasking, really good at multitasking. I can have 15 things happening in my brain at a time. But when I realize that there is a time and place for everything and I don't have to have 15 things happening in my head at the same time, I can simply just enjoy this conversation with you right now. I don't need to be looking at my clock and thinking about all the other things that I'm doing and what I have next and how I'm going to prepare for it and the recipe that I'm going to cook later today to develop for this and that. that. All I have to do, my job right this second, is to just have a beautiful conversation with you. And I, yeah, it's like, it's one of those things that you hear all the time, but you can't really grasp it until you get it. And 2020 made me get it. You meditate? Yeah. I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> do I, I just look like a meditator? <laughs> No, your your energy is a meditator because uh, you had you said the exact word for word thing that I had a, I had a cancer survivor Olympian on last week who said the same thing and be where your feet are and we just talked wow. about meditation and the fact that you're able to focus on a conversation that's not something I could do when I was younger because I wasn't meditating meditating has allowed me to just block it all out and be here be in the moment and I knew you were you know and it's good it's it's good and i mean look there is a time to multitask and have 50 things going on in your head when i'm working the line in a restaurant yeah i have 50 things happening in my head at the same time and being able to juggle all of them and listen to all of them at the same time is very valuable but when it comes to but even with that it, it i my mind would still wander to the other things i had to do in life instead of just being here, cooking these dishes right now as best I can, putting all of my love and energy into them and sending them out into the world. And so, yeah, I really, I, I, I appreciate 2020. You know, a lot of people yes, were really yes, mad at it, yes, yes. really didn't like it. I didn't either at first, but I really have totally fallen in love with the gift that 2020 was. Now, mind you, I, I did not get sick. And I know that a lot of people did. And a lot of people are not still with us. And a lot of people lost a lot of people. So they might not think the exact same way. But, um, but it was a gift to a lot of the world to slow down and reprioritize. I have not asked you this and I need to. How can people stay up to date with you? What is your social media and website? How can they stay up to date and follow your wonderful, amazing career? Well, I'm very creative, so I have different, you know, creative names for everything. No, everything can be found at, through Leslie or so. LeslieDurso.com, all my handles on all my social medias are Leslie or so. Connect with me any which way you like. I actually try to return every single direct message I receive on all my social medias. It takes me time sometimes, mm -hmm. but I really try and get to all of them. All the clean ones, at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always excited to talk to guests. I knew you'd be great, but I did not know that like we would connect on stuff and that we'd have so much of the same interest and you'd be such a joy to talk to. This It was so much Aww, fun. You're so <laughs> sweet. This really was so lovely. I can't wait to, uh, to see it live and rehear it. Did, did I ask you who your favorite Beatle was? No, you didn't. Who is your favorite Beatle? Paul. Paul, okay. Although I, I really like George too. I know. For I'd me, say Paul, George, John. I feel like they all represent a different part. They do. They John do. is the, um, John's the head. He's the smart one of it, kind of runs it. And then Paul's the heart and George is the spirit. And then Ringo is just Ringo. Like they're all, <laughs> they all have their roles. Poor Ringo. You know a podcast you should listen to? My friend Amanda hosts a podcast called My Rock Moment. Do you know it? I don't. 
She's had me on, but she basically just has on interesting people or people that were involved in the rock world and just interviews them about their stories and their lives and the stories behind the songs. And just, it's just, it's really cool. I feel like, I feel like you would dig it. Um, And then when I was saying that my favorite written, one of my favorite written songs by the Beatles is my guitar gently weeps. And I'm sure you know what performance I'm talking about when I say is my absolute favorite. Well, the one that George wasn't in, right? The one that Prince was in, right? Yes, at the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right yeah. after George Harrison died, and George yeah. Harrison's son is on stage playing guitar. He's um, on, on the on the, I Live for You. That's him on the guitar as well because they did it oh, together. Is it? Yeah. Oh God, I love. He looks, I, I love he looks identical to George. He's got the curly hair as well. Just like him, and watching his face, watch Prince play. Yeah. Was. So cool. There are so many things happening on that stage that were magical all at the same time. And just Prince is one of my favorite live concerts I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you saw Prince. I've seen him a few times. I actually saw him. If you listen to my, my rock moment podcast, I actually went to his house with like 20 people and listened. He had a house in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were all at a club and his bodyguard like cherry picked the people that Prince invited back to his house. Yeah. And I was like, okay, um, sure. I was like 22 years old. I was dressed in a blue velvet tuxedo because I dressed really weird when I was a kid. Uh, and I sat in his living room and I lis- watched him play the piano from, from three feet away. And he just jammed and everybody was singing and he was doing his songs and other people's songs. And it just, it was one of the most incredible musical experiences of my life with quite possibly one of the most talented people that will ever walk the earth. Favorite Prince song? Oh, well, like for jamming purposes, seven. That's mine too. Stop it. Nobody knows that song. I, it, was, it was for mine because it was the first one I ever heard. Uh, and I, hadn't, I didn't That's know it until later. Like you ever heard? Yeah. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so we didn't have like MTV or anything. So oh. um, oh, it was the first one I heard on the radio station, and it wasn't until years later that I was like, oh, I like the rest of this stuff. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. No, I grew up on MTV. As soon as I was old enough to know what it was, I was obsessed. I loved music videos and storytelling through music videos. I honestly, that would have been my dream as a child was to be a video vixen. Like to somehow just be the muse in the music videos. I wanted to be Linda McCartney. I wanted to be that muse so badly. Apollonia Apollonia and Purple Rain, right? Oh, yeah, right? Carmen Electra, all these gals. No, I'm just my own Seven's my favorite. Nothing compares to you. And then I will say, watching Purple Rain, when he performs Purple Rain, when the whole crowd is just staring at him, transfixed, like that's a moment. Yeah. The last time I saw him in concert at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, he did an 18-minute version of Purple Rain (laughs) uh, to finish the show. And it was just, you could just see, it was the last night of his stint. He did like, 10 nights or something in a row and he was just physically exhausted and literally just squeezing every last ounce of energy he had into that crowd and I just walked away from that being like wow and that again like that's what the the bill stuff and like all of that led up to like that is when you truly like can give like that 
it is so powerful what you can do with the world when you can give your gift like that. I always wanted to be a rock star. And he, anyone who has a Prince story, it's never straightforward. It's never like I saw him and then X, Y, and Z. It's always something weird like this happened and this and then this. He's just got this mystique aura around him that is, that is yeah. un- unparalleled. unparalleled. I, know. I know. Being in LA, I can't tell you how many times he would just show up in clubs, places, and weird stuff would happen. And you always, you always felt him walk in the room before you saw him. It was so weird. There's literally like three people that I've ever met living in LA a long time. You run into everybody. And even honestly, even Paul McCartney had an amazing, but he didn't have that same feeling where you just, when you were in the presence of Prince, like you, you, he didn't even need to be looking at you. He could be 500 feet away and you felt him. It was wild. He is a, a magical being. Leslie, this was awesome. I am so glad I met you. I know. Well, now I'm over. I already missed I know. It. I know you got to go. I know you got to go. Gosh, you're the best. I had so much fun. Oh, me too. Thanks so much for doing this. And um, yeah, let me know if you ever want to do it again. I definitely do. I've already got my questions. <laughs> All right. Bye, Leslie. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Leslie. Wasn't that a fantastic story? It seems as if any story involving Prince always makes me stop in the tracks. To end this episode, we will play the song that I was telling her about from George Harrison called I Live For You. Initially recorded in 1970, it was not released on the All Things Must Pass album by George Harrison. Instead, it was added as part of the 30th anniversary edition in 2001. It's an important song in, in my life, and there might be no better song to have at the end of this conversation, especially because Leslie is... A big George fan as well. Be sure to give her a follow and check out her website, lesliederso.com. And we look forward to having her back on the show again soon. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. All this time my thoughts return to you. Give my love that is all I can do. Wait in line till I feel you inside. It's true I live for you